This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've heard about it by now. Uh, one of our partners is BetDSI. Uh, we love them. And if you love betting and if you love the Super Bowl, which we all do, whether or not the Dolphins are in it or not, then you can bet this weekend on the biggest game, one of the biggest games in the world. If you think Raheem Mostert is going to run for 200 yards, if you think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw for under 100, if you think Nick Bose is going to have three sacks, five sacks, seven sacks, if you think that Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for 500 yards, who do you think is going to be the MVP? Will it be Chris Jones? Will it be Emmanuel Sanders? Will it be Debo Samuel? You know, will it be will it be Tyreek Hill? You can bet on all of those things. You can bet whether Ty Matthew will have a pick, two picks, five picks, if Frank Clark will have a sack. All of the things. Whether or not Andy Reid gets dunked at the end of the game or if Kyle Shanahan gets dunked at the end of the game with Gatorade. I'm pretty sure you could probably bet on that too. Bet DSI is the place to go. Great mobile interface, great online service. And if you type in the code YARDS101, that's YARDS101, you will get plenty of special stuff courtesy of three yards per carry. That is Bet DSI, bet on the Super Bowl, win some money, spend it on your wife or on your husband. You know what to do. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry, our Super Bowl preview edition. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. We have Simon Clancy here, and we have Chris Kaufman, who was partaking in all the media festivities this week at Super Bowl week. But first, I guess we got to touch on this. Uh, I, who would have known that we could have won 10 games and Tua Tonga Bailoa just tanked right to us all along? Simon, what do you make of the, the developments, I guess, this week I mean, he's, in Miami? Uh, I mean, he's coming to Miami. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's all there is to – Well, no, he's already in Miami. Yeah, well, exactly. But he's coming to play. I mean, the only thing – the only question now is literally what number is he wearing? I mean, we might as well start selling shirts in the pro shop right now because he's going to be a Dolphin. His parents clearly don't want him to go to Cincinnati. They don't want him to go to Detroit. He's not going to Washington. New York have got a quarterback. They love Miami. They want to be in Miami. The agent knows it's Miami. The player knows it's Miami. He's wearing Dolphins' bloody laces on his shoes. He may as well just, yeah, wander, around in a Dan, he may as well just wander around in a Dan Marino shirt, frankly. I mean, 
mental. Pretty close. His agent mental. is his agent is literally giving the Lee, Lee Steinberg is literally giving the Lee Steinberg Man of the Year award to Stephen Ross. <laughs> and and I think he created the award for him specifically. And and it's going to happen sure at this, the Super Bowl this party. Award before? Are, are we sure that this award exists? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I know that it's going to be given to Stephen Ross at Lee Steinberg's Super Bowl party where Tua is also going to be. So Steve Ross is going to be there, clearly. Nice. Uh, my God. And, and, Tua, and Tua showing up in the Citrus Bowl in Tyler Hero's Miami Vice drip. Mm. I've not been this excited since I had sex with a model. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it's 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 incredible. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, we kind of pr- talked about it privately that you know some people wanted to give up this air of inevitability, but I guess there it's more than that, really. Well, what he did? That, no, go on, Chris. Sorry. Yeah, what he what he did, and and this is this is something that blows my mind because, and this is why we make the joke that he's now like instead of we're tanking for Tua, he's tanking for Miami. Mm-hmm. Because this is literally true. His agent, who is, has a top five pick and is, our, our, you know, for Tua Tungavailoa, and he's gone out and said to the number one overall team, don't draft him. I mean, that's what he just did today. Because they, um, they were talking about whether Lee Steinberg was talking with somebody about whether number one overall, whether the Cincinnati Bengals might take him or something like that. And he said something to the effect of, organization is is a big part of you know where we go and let's just say i hope the Bengals fall in love with joe burrow and then didn't he say also say something about detroit that well not not in not publicly and not not on the record but armando seguero of the uh, miami herald had a quote-unquote a source close to the tongue of ialoas um telling them that they also hope he doesn't end up with detroit because they don't like where his coaches bizarre that they're about to be fired and and also they're telling everybody about warm weather in miami and hawaii how close you know how close the weather is and stuff like that so detroit that detroit weather that ain't that ain't it fam so Um, so i think breaking news oh boy lee Lee steinberg has just tweeted hashtag bengals someone at bengals on radio row was teasing me about mike brown and i made a joke any client i have would be happy to go to cincinnati nice city good folks (laughs) <laughs> I knew he was going to have to walk it back. I knew that was too much. He was going to have to walk it back. Because that was that was so a huge funny. statement. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's – we know better. Uh, all you have to do is look at the picture of his home, and I don't know where exactly that is, but it doesn't look like Lake Michigan to me, okay? And it doesn't look like downtown Cincinnati either, Okay. These are people that are going to want to be in somewhere warm where they can partake outside. Barbecues and ball games. That's what they want. They're in Miami at the best time of year. I was <laughs> just down there with you a couple days yes. ago, and it was beautiful down there in January. Yes. And I was, at, I was in Sunny Isles today, and for those of you who don't know where the hell Sunny Isles is, it's Miami Beach, okay? It's right, it's right on Collins Avenue. And I was on a pier, and I sent a picture to to the guys on the WhatsApp thing. And the day was absolutely glorious. It was oh, yeah. 69 degrees, breezy. Everybody was out on the beach. Uh, trust me, those people come down here, they're going to look at it, and they're going to say, wait a minute, 
this is Hawaii on the East Coast. Yeah, we're not going to Cincinnati. And we're not going to Detroit. And we're sure as hell not going to, to Washington. So, well, I mean, the only, legitimate, the only legitimate option or realistic uh, scenarios where Miami wouldn't have the final say over where, where to a, whether he comes here or not would be if Cincinnati falls in love with him at number one overall. Yeah. Or if Detroit decides that they're blowing everything up, even though they're sticking with the, the, uh, Patricia and Quinn for now, who might be on their last legs anyway, um, if they decide they're blowing everything up and are, are not, the owners are in love with Tua Tonga Vailoa, then Miami wouldn't get a say in it, right? They'd, they'd make an offer and Detroit would be like, no, um, we're going to take them. So I think they just ran Tua, his family and agent, just essentially ran interference on those scenarios. So now it is up to Miami. Miami has the ammunition. Miami sits at number five, where Tua probably will get to anyway, a number five overall. But if not, if it's realistic that somebody's going to trade up for him at number three overall, Miami's the one with the most ammunition to, to make that trade. So they're going to have to say no. They're going to have to say no to that trade if, for Tua to end up somewhere else. So yeah. one way or another, Miami's going to have the say. And I think that it's really down to whether Miami has to do that trade up to number three or not. And I think that Tua's people, their ideal scenario would be that Miami does it um, because they get marginally a little bit more money at the number three overall pick and it's also nice to have the organization make a commitment to you by yeah. trading up yeah it's also what it says right like uh, right you trade exactly an asset to move up to number three mm -hmm. you know you're you're basically saying we really really wanted yeah. you it's not that hey we're you know we're lucky to have you you dropped mm -hmm. to us at number five you know, but with Tua, with with them making such a big show, what other teams are going to make like put a lot of assets on the line in a trade up for a guy that just basically said, "I want to be in Miami." <laughs> yeah. Two two other things as well that stand out to me is one, there's all these virgins on Twitter that keep saying, "Oh, you know, if we just have to give up so many picks." They're going from five to three. We're not going from twenty-seven to. This isn't Julio Jones or Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> this is you know, we we've got ten picks in the top three rounds of the next two drafts. I reckon if you think there's a transcendent quarterback out there, then perhaps giving up Houston's number one next year and some chump change probably isn't going to, is not an issue. So let's park that, first of all, if you're one of those people that thinks that they're really worried about giving up all these picks. Miami has more free agent money than anybody else. Oh, they're mortgaging the future, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Even though we have, we, 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 would still, we would still have like a billion picks left. Exactly. But we're more we, didn't give up, we didn't give up Laramie Tunsil and Minka Fitzpatrick to, to trade up to three and give up one of those 10 picks. Um, and the other point is that, that makes me laugh is that when the whole tank for tour thing first started, people were saying, this team is so shit. The, the Tungavala family are never going to want to come to Miami because it's such a terrible team. The great thing is now they're literally the boot is on the other foot, motherfuckers, because that's what they're actually doing in reverse. They're fucking everybody else off because they want to come to Miami. I, I they're mean, literally wearing Miami colors and gear. Exactly. I mean, I'm sitting here talking to you now, dressed like Kermit the Frog with that tea thing cup near my mouth, like the gift. That's I'm green. I've colored my face green. I've got a teacup and I'm looking in the mirror like Kermit the Frog. That uh, is what I'm doing because that's how much this means to me. <laughs> it's sensational. It, it's, how great would it be? How great would it be? Couldn't make it up. 
How great would it be if Tua Tagovailoa makes his first public workouts with Devontae Parker and Preston Williams? <laughs> In a Damarino shirt. In a Damarino shirt. Yeah, I have to think. Cool. I have to think. I don't know. I have to think this wasn't spontaneous. I have to think this was planned today. Yeah, I don't think so either, right? You make enough noise and you try to will it to happen, and then other teams notice it. Other teams, are, other teams start looking at this stuff and saying, you know, we don't like this. We don't want him, you know. Miami can have him if he's going to keep talking down to us. And sure enough, you know, you create that air of inevitability and you draft him at number five. Yeah, other, te- other teams are going to get, get out of the way. Yeah, other teams will get out of the way. And worst comes to worst, one team, likely Detroit, is going to say, no, you are going to pay us an asset for him. Mm-hmm. And who knows what it might cost us. It might cost us our top second-round pick this year which actually would have more value than the first rounder from Houston next year. So if we give them our best second rounder how, this how year. How would it have more value? Yeah, Because uh, it's this year. It's a year earlier. How does that work? It's yeah, a year earlier. Fuck, There's no, there, fuck that. Fuck off yeah. with that. There's yeah. no time value. There's no time value <laughs> yeah. for draft picks. We can take go, the, I'll, take, I'll take you through the economics presentation if you want me to. You, could, you, you well, take the first rounder in whatever year over a second rounder in this year, 100%. Yeah. Well, NFL GMs seem to believe that. The no, NFL GMs are wrong. Well, yeah. I'm telling you what L- NFL GMs think. Which which I'm NFL telling you they're wrong. Worth, they think that they're which worth NFL 11 GMs? spots. Which NFL GMs? Yeah. Yeah. Which which NFL GMs said that? Well, the desperate made, one. Whoever's made all those. The ones who think they're they're going to get fired. <laughs> Only the ones who think they're going to get fired and have an agency problem with them versus the best interests of the teams. If you said to Bob Quinn, Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia, boys, we're interested in moving up. Um, here is the Houston Texans pick in the 2021 draft, which is a first rounder. And here is a fourth rounder this year. There's your deal. They're, they'll mean, take the fourth rounder because they're about to be fired. Yeah. And they need it. There's, there's your deal. And it, yeah. th- I mean, that's it. They're, they're only moving up two places. That's your deal. And even then, even then, you know, Let's say San Diego fall in love with Tua and they get on the phone to Washington. What what do these te- people keep saying? Watch teams move above us. What what do these teams have to offer that we don't have to offer? San Diego only has a first round pick this year and a first round pick next year. Miami has four of those bad boys. Yeah, you know, um, Indianapolis has two first round picks. We've got four of them. Um, yeah. The Raiders have one first round. We've got four of them. Um, <laughs> you know, it kind of people keep saying, "Oh, teams are going to move." Around. It doesn't matter because if if you are the new general manager or if you're Ron Rivera or you're the new general manager of the Washington Redskins or you are uh, Bob Quinn of the Detroit Lions, if the Indianapolis Colts get on the phone and, and it's it's Chris Ballard and Frank Reich and they say, guys, uh, we're at 13 and we're going to offer you the 13th pick this year and our first rounder next year and our second rounder this year and our second rounder next year to move up to the three spot, just for argument's sake. Um, your Bob Quinn, you go, great, Chris, that's a really good deal. We're really keen on that. Just gonna, I'm just going to have a talk about it in the office. So, you know, seven minutes left on the clock. The first thing that you do then if you're Bob Quinn is that you phone the Miami Dolphins and say, uh, Chris, uh, it's Bob Quinn here. I've just been offered the first this year, first next year, second and second to move up from, from 13 to, to, I assume, to take a quarterback. Um, can you top that offer? Because that's what any general manager would do. I mean, and, and me, as the general manager, I'd point out, well, you're not going to get Jeffrey Akuda at number 13, so yes. here's what I offer. Yeah. And, so, and, and then I have the say. I have the final say now. 
because exactly. I can top the offer. Exactly. I mean, Miami hold all the cards in all the packs in all the, of all the, the magicians in the entire NFL. I mean, they hold mm-hmm. all the cards, every single one, including the Jokers. And anybody that thinks differently... And, and whatever, cards, whatever cards somebody else might have thought that they had, I think Tua just took them away. <laughs> yeah, and he burnt them. And he set them and he light, burnt them. And he ran them over in a Ford motor car, <laughs> and then whatever Cincinnati's famous for, he also did that. <laughs> yeah, now, there's a flip side to this coin. Uh, if Detroit wants Okuda, and they trade down to five, they might lose him at number four. Wouldn't they? So they well, they're either going to get Akuda or the top tackle on the draft. Yeah, right. Or they're going to get Brown or K- I mean, that defensive line needs help. They're going to get Brown or Kinlaw. You know, well, they're not going to get Chase Young because I mean, the Redskins seem like singularly focused on that. That number two. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the Redskins are not moving. That's yeah. I mean, I've been told that the Redskins are not moving no matter what. So yeah. So well, and that comes so, yeah, very this well is, placed. All all in our hands. Uh, this Tua thing, and I'm I'm rejoicing. Yes. So get your t-shirts. Uh, five reasons. Get your t-shirts. That's right. Your two yeah, twenty t-shirts. Whatever. You see? Yeah. Exactly. It's it, it's happening. I'm going to wear my Tua Alabama shirt to the draft. <laughs> on press row. No, not. Well, we're, no, that would that would be sad. But I, I, I think I'm wear I think one reason. of us at least has to wear the 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 actual the five or the, well, he, the five he, reasons he, three yards per carry shirt he's gonna obviously in, in all seriousness um he said he's gonna be there and what what, what happens uh is that once the players are selected they come and they're, they're brought down to the radio row version of radio mm-hmm. row at the draft so you know we will be able to we'll just sit there like like the like the three amigos except <laughs> it, with without the mexican hats and two <laughs> shirts instead uh, are you sure without that would be funny. Well, I mean, uh, I'm up for that. a sombrero if you are. <laughs> I'm up for it. I'm always up for a sombrero. Do it. Well, Do it. you know, overshadowing this Tua news is they're, they're playing a game on Sunday. I mean, literally, there's nothing that overshadows. <laughs> if Charlie yeah, Theron... I, I forgot there break, was a game. If Charlie Theron was to break down my front door and say, I want you to fuck me with a massive cucumber, I'd be like, that's still not as good a news as I've just had about the tug of eyelashes. <laughs> This this episode is gonna is gonna be epic in that as far as uh, reviews from our from our listeners, I will say this because everybody. Oh, likes there's a knock. There's a knock at my door. There's a knock on my door. It's probably Charlie's. <laughs> I haven't even got a cucumber, <laughs> or maybe I have. Yes. Also, oh, what's interesting is that now I have to mark this episode not safe for kids on YouTube because we've had two episodes flagged for our language, Simon, on YouTube. I mean, shit. Fuck bollocks is what I say to that. You can tell I'm get, excited. We've, we've got to get kid. like a cartoon characterization of Simon holding a cucumber now. Do you know what I'm going to do in a minute once this once we hang up for this podcast? Going to watch some tour on YouTube. Get, <laughs> I was going to say get a cucumber because all the shops are closed unfortunately. So I'm going to do I'm going to do an even better thing, which is watch tour videos. All right. There's a game being played. Chris, you were... Been- Nobody gives a shit about the game anymore. <laughs> Evidently, Tom Brady's going to be our owner, and even even that couldn't, like, bring oh, death to day. Have you seen the Brady picture that he's just tweeted? I yes. did. That that Looking lifted away. my spirits quite... A, if, if Tua didn't lift already lift my spirits at literally as high as they could go, <laughs> then that would have lifted them even more. Teddy Bruschi replied, Tom, there is light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, he, I mean, does that mean he's I mean, dying? Shut up, Teddy Bruschi. Does that mean he's dying? I mean, he's got to be going, isn't he? 
oh, yeah. I guess. He's like, done. who's going to sign him? He is I, I done. I think he's putting out feelers like, hey, who oh, wants to sign I've got me? Some more, I've got some more breaking news. I've got some more breaking news. Oh, Jesus. Barry Jackson's just done a sit-down with Tua. Oh, boy. Bottom line, he tells me I would be more than happy if the Dolphins draft me. <laughs> oh, did you see what I, <laughs> did you see what I said? It's from, it's from Barry. There's, he goes on it's more because he gets very specific. He gets very specific in this one talking about – because Barry, like, brought up with him, you know, what about Minka Fitzpatrick and Kenyon Drake, your former Alabama dudes – being like, I don't want to be with the Dolphins. Like, what about that? And he said, and Tua said, this is this is a direct quote from Barry's article. They probably all had their own needs, things they needed to get figured out within the organization and probably didn't, Tunga Vailoa said. They had to make business decisions as well. They did what's best for them, and I support them with whatever decision they made. But I would say, in my case, it's different. I play one, one position. They can't move me to all these other positions because it's not what I do. So two is like, didn't all these other virgins say that because of uh, because of Kenyon Drake and Minka, two are definitely would come to my eye. And I've got yeah. another quote. Wait, you're going to love this one. This one's just as good. Okay, I, I almost feel like we need a drum roll or some somebody banging a cucumber. Listen, right. it says, I can't promise anyone anything because I don't know if I'm even going to get picked by the Dolphins. People love to trade up. They can trade up to two or three. The Dolphins could trade down for all I know. But if I have the opportunity, I would be honored and privileged to play for the Dolphins. Here comes the best bit. Like Lamar Jackson said, you guys would get a Super Bowl out of me. <laughs> oh, that's the best. <laughs> I think I just came. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this thing is getting flagged off of Podbean and iTunes. Uh, yeah, we're going to get kicked off. <laughs> Well, Chris, you've been down here all week, and you supposedly talked to I people. didn't see what happened today, that's for sure. No. Oof. Hey, you talked to people about this game. What did you pick up, if anything? Well, I was trying to actually pay more attention to you know things that could happen to Miami or things that would be relevant to Miami. Um, as for the game, I mean – Kyle Shanahan is a great speaker. He's a great. He's great with his press conferences. He's very funny, uh, and uh, so is Andy Reid. I mean, they were both masterful with the press conference. Um, something I've noticed, and uh, and they're they're going to go at it. And uh, I think these teams probably the most interesting thing happened at the end, where I got plenty of quotes from, and I talked to plenty of the players and stuff like that. Um, one, I talked to Eric Armstead, I talked to Chris Kasirik, I talked to some other people, and if you were hoping that Eric Armstead might be coming here in free agency, I would probably you know, put some cold water on that because uh, Kasirik really brought up how much he blossomed when he brought over his all-out you know, attacking style. We're, we're familiar with that, right, is the wide mm-hmm. nine type, type of style. He got Eric Armstead out wider, got his, you know, got him on all fours, got him, uh, you know, uh, more of a straight ahead kind of guy. Whereas before he was in a sit and read position and, um, and he really blossomed in it and Eric seems to love it. So I don't think he's going to, I don't think Eric's going to put that genie back in the bottle and go somewhere like Miami where it's going to be in like sit and read again. And, um, and I think, so I think either he's going to stay in San Francisco or he's going to find another team that'll play him like that, like, like he played this year. So that's that's probably not happening. Um, but as for you know the quarterbacks, I, I I came here prepared to talk about like Jordan Love and stuff like that, and now it's friggin' irrelevant because you know Tua's our man. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, the, 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 at the um, end of all this, we had the zebra technology, you know, kind of sports anal- analytics deal. And I thought it was really interesting that they pointed out right away that the number one and number two fastest teams in the NFL, as far as average speed of their ball carriers, and that, mm-hmm. that can be a receiver, tight end, whoever's got the ball. Um, they're the, they are the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. They're the fastest teams in the league with the ball in their hands. And I think that that's, um, that's interesting. I think that if you're, you're thumbing through all of this data um, that they put together, Zebra technology through, their, um, through the RFID chips and sensors that they have, which, by the way, Miami is like one of 10 teams that has that sensor stuff in their practice facilities, not just, not just in the stadium. Every team has it in the stadium. But, um, yeah, you look through it and it's like, this is, these are two speedy teams. These are two teams that hit you with speed uh, and, and run after catch and, and their, their ball carriers, their, um, their running backs and all that. The other thing that hit me that was a real X factor in the game, I didn't realize, you know, we talked about D Ford. He spent a lot of time injured. When he was on the field, uh, the San Francisco 49ers were getting pressure on the quarterback uh, 34% of snaps like officially using the Z, the XY data from Zebra Technologies, which is so much higher than when he was not on the field. And they also pointed out D Ford is the third fastest in the NFL at, you know, occur, essentially crossing the line of scrimmage off the snap. Um, he's, he's the third fastest in the NFL that way. And I think that that, that could play a little bit of a factor in the game um, if he's, that you might not have seen in some other games when he was injured. So I think that that's, uh, that, that should be interesting, but it was, it was fun times. I mean, we went, we went to a heat game. That wasn't really a Super Bowl thing, no. <laughs> but, um, but you know, we got to drink a lot of beer and watch the heat lose to the Celtics. So, you know, fun times. Yes, it was. Uh, before I get Simon in here, Chris Long today did an interview and he was saying that if he's noticed any flaw in Patrick Mahomes game, is that when he sees the rush directly in his face, he does drop his eyes and looks for space, which would mean that D Ford is especially important in this game. And he called him the most important guy on the, on the team. So I guess if D Ford has a good game, it goes a hell of a long way to the 49ers winning. Uh, Simon, do you get the sense that everybody's just, at least I get that sense this week. Everybody's just crowning Kansas City because they're the essentially the sexier team. And San Francisco's um, kind of boring because all they do is run the ball and play really sound defense? No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, they run the ball and play really sound defense and they just steamroll people. Yes. Um, so I don't think that I don't think that people are anointing Casey as the as the champs. Um what I will say is that I think that Chris highlights an area that's that's fascinating in that I think what they'll try and do is try and isolate Eric Fisher. Um, mm. You know, you're going to get no change out of Mitch Schwartz on the right side. I mean, he's the, probably the best right tackle in the NFL mm. and has been consistently for the last few years. Um, but, you know, that line is going to have to work. Um, it's going to have to work Fisher. Uh, if they're going to get to the quarterback, that interior pressure from Buckner and Thomas and, and Armstead will be huge. Um, but on the flip side, with, uh, you know, you feel like the strength of the 49ers playing to that weakness of Eric Fisher. 
the strength, obviously, of the Chiefs is putting the ball up and, and that plays to their biggest weakness, which is the cornerback position opposite Richard Sherman. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's uh, a killer with a spoon or the other kid who played special teams and has come in and, and done all right. But, you know, that's where you're going to want to, you know, who's going to who's going to end up with will, will Sherman, will he cover Tyreek Hill? Who's going to be on Kelsey, for example? Where's Mikael Hardman going to be? Sammy Watkins, where who's going to cover him? You know, big responsibility for, for guys like Jimmy Ward. Um, you know, is Fred Warner going to get isolated, for example, on Kelsey? How's that going to play out? So I, I just think that the, the two things that fascinate me, I think, are, um, how well the, the game will essentially be won and lost on how well Kansas City can protect Mahomes um, and can they keep that fearsome pass rush from Mahomes and give him time to to um, to get the ball down the field and the flip side of that is can Kansas City um, shut down the run game that one cut and go run game that's always been so successful um, you know coming across from Denver um, with all with Bobby Turner, obviously now the running backs coach in San Francisco, uh, as I talked about the other night with Terrell Davis and Landis Gary and Ruben Drones and those guys, and now doing it with Matt Breeder and, and Moster and Tevin and um, uh, and Tevin Coleman, who's who's healthy for the weekend. Um, uh, how are they? How are Casey going to play that? Are they going to play Tyran Matthew in the box? Is Matthew going to be covering George Kittle? Um, how are they going to combat that that running game? And uh, and if they can do that, that will mean that Jimmy Garoppolo has to try and beat you know, has to try and beat um, the Chiefs, which yeah. I think is a is a in inverted commas taller order than than the the flip side for KC. Um, so I think they will try. I mean, I think they have they run it like seventy eight percent of the time in the playoffs, and Garoppolo's thrown for like two hundred eight yards in in two games or something mm. ridiculous. Um, to me, it's a you know, it's a fascinating you know the 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 strengths of each team matches up beautifully with the weaknesses of the other. Um, yeah. But I don't think that. But there's I also strength that, on strength, though, Simon. Oh, Simon, sure. because because for I mean, for example, I'm just looking at something right now. I mean, we know what a deep passing team uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are, right? And mm-hmm. and you know, Patrick Mahomes has uh, over a 10 yards per attempt average on plays where he holds where he's able to hold the ball longer than two and a half seconds. So, which is I think I think that leads the NFL by far. Um, but on the other hand, do you know how many deep receptions the 49ers have allowed all year? Only nine. Hmm. That's first wow. in the NFL by a distance, by a, good, by a good distance. They've only allowed nine deep receptions all year. So they play their cover three scheme, but they play it pretty well. Like they had some kinks to it. And, you know, I was talking to Richard Sherman about this and, and he would he didn't want to elaborate because yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't want to elaborate though on um on you know the details of it because obviously he wants teams to have to do it the hard way and watch the film and not get it off quotes but they they add a lot of wrinkles to their cover three scheme that uh the uh defensive quarter sully uh runs and the result is is it's harder to get deep on those guys than you'd think and um and i think i think that that's I think that's interesting because that is a strength on strength. It's a huge strength on strength. It's uh, Kansas City's – the strength of their entire attack, really, is the way that Holmes, I think, can get it deep. But clearly, the driver of that San Francisco defense has been the fact that they don't let anybody do it successfully. Mm-hmm. I think well, it's that passion, really. Yeah. I think um, – I was going to make a really interesting point, and now I've totally forgotten. Oh, no, I know what it is. I, I think that the Chiefs are going to have to be really careful in that <clears throat> excuse me they came out very slow 
against the Texans. They came mm-hmm. out very slow against the Titans. They cannot yeah. afford to come out slow against the 49ers. If the 49ers get 14 to nothing up, and then they are able to then just control the clock by running the ball, running the ball, Casey will not be able to score it up. Casey is going to have to match them early doors with with touchdowns or, uh, you know, or field goals. They can't afford to allow the 49ers to start running the clock and guys just picking up six, seven yards on first down you know, and in the run game because they just won't get on the field enough. And you'll see what happens. Shanahan will, you know, if that happens, they'll do what Tennessee did to Baltimore, what Tennessee did to New England, which was Ryan Tannehill running the clock within inside five seconds, and then giving it to Derek Henry, converting on key third downs when he needs, needed to with his with his arm. That will be what happens. Um, so it's going to be such a fascinating chess battle. You've got two, you know, you look at the amount of jet motion, for example, that the 49ers run. I think they run like 81% jet motion. Mm-hmm. And you watch <laughs> it every single time. You watch the All-22 and you just see you see some jet motion. And they do it in so many different ways. They do it, It's almost sometimes like they do it. They're, they're playing in the, in the CFL or the arena, the, the way that guys kind of arc round and are kind of running almost at the snap like they do in the CFL where guys sort of take a five-yard run up and start their routes. Mm-hmm. But what you see happen all the time is then that manipulates the middle linebacker or the safety out to follow that guy. And then it's a little slant to Debo Samuel or it's a little slant to Emmanuel Sanders. Pick up a first down, keep the chains moving, hand the ball off on first down, pick up seven yards, boom, away you go again. So that to me is going to be critical. If the, if the Chiefs can force Jimmy Garoppolo to win the game, I'm going to be fascinated to see how that plays out. And teams have got to do what Seattle did. They've got, to, you know, what KC have got to do is they've got to rattle mm. Garoppolo and get him out of his stride if and when he throws the ball. And and guys like Chris Jones, guys like even guys like Terrell Suggs, who maybe isn't good enough to get to the quarterback on a consistent basis these days, but can set an edge, understands how to do those sorts of things. Frank Clark again is not going to have to get too far upfield down after down he can't afford to do that and then the emphasis on those Chiefs linebackers is going to be huge to come up with their run fits and and Tyron Matthew as well with those it's not just the run fits it's like like it's it's either it's the run fits versus Kittle for for them right because and that's what's going to be I think the main thing about trying to stop the San Francisco um 49ers offense is that you know that that tough situation that you're placed in between stopping the run attack running attack versus stopping Kittle because Kittle is I mean just looking at it he leads he leads the league in yards after catch I think period um he's got he's got like uh 600 he's got 641 yards out of after the catch this year uh, he is insane after the catch what they do they get the ball to him quickly and in, and in space and and he can do the rest and so those linebackers are placed in a very t- tough situation about you know choosing and um, and if the answer to that, I mean, they're going to have to disrupt. But um, but I think that uh, that's that's where you're going to watch because if they do sell out on that run attack, then they they pop the ball out to Kittle underneath real quick and and get it off very quickly and and then it's you know he's off to the races. And I think that um, it's an interesting. I was going to bring up the quarterback matchup because this is this is very. By the way, can we just give it up for? Do you remember a time when air raid quarterbacks were not supposed to be able to do anything in the NFL? <laughs> Both of these guys played the air raid in college. Okay, Jimmy Garoppolo played the air raid under Dino Babers, who lifted it Babers, directly yeah. from Art Bryles. Um, and and then you have, uh, of course, Patrick Mahomes playing under Cliff Kingsbury, who's now in the NFL himself. So. Um, I mean, these are both air raid quarterbacks, but they they have very different styles. And I was I was talking, I was asking some of the players, defense players, you know, what what frustrates them more, 
And the guys were telling me that actually playing playing against a guy like Garoppolo can frustrate them more than playing against Mahomes, especially the guys in the defensive front, because Garoppolo gets the ball off so quickly. Yeah. And and this is this is an this has an analog with Tua versus you know, some of the other guys in the draft, actually, because two is a guy like Garoppolo that gets the ball off very quickly. Um, those guys frustrate them because they don't even give them a chance, right? Um, mm-hmm. They can't even get in, involved in the play. With Mahomes, you know, I'm listening to some of these guys talk, I'm like, and, and I'm asking them these questions, and they're like, you know what, at least Mahomes gives me, an, it gives me a chance. Like, yeah. I can chase him. You know, maybe, maybe he's too elusive for me in escape, but I'll take my chances. I'll bet on myself. Um, yeah. With Garoppolo, you don't even get a chance. Yeah, what I like about San Francisco is the diversity in their running game. Like, they really go deep into their playbook, and they'll, they'll mm. do it in, this, in the same game. Now, I would caution people that are thinking that Jimmy Garoppolo, if he falls behind, is absolutely hopeless because he had two games this year. One against – I understand Arizona is not Kansas City, but he fell behind against Arizona, and he went 34-45 for 424 mm. yards and four touchdowns with yeah. a 115 quarterback rating. But more famously, do you guys remember the game in New Orleans this year that they won 48 to 46? Mm. Okay. Mm. He had to come from almost three touchdowns behind. And in that game, he threw for 349 and four touchdowns with a 131 quarterback rating. So he's not hopeless <clears throat> if he has to throw it. I think we just, Kyle team, Shanahan said that. He, yeah. he pointed that out. He, he said that, yeah. you know, some people are bringing up, you know, do you have to, do you have to kind of almost like console Jimmy Garoppolo? um at, in these in some of these games where you're just running the ball at the end of the game run after run after run and you're not really putting it in his hands and you're kind of taking it out of his hands and Kyle Shanahan like he quipped back to them he's like I, I get this question and it's like it doesn't make any sense to me did you see how well we were running the ball <laughs> and then yeah. and he's talking about Jimmy he's like you know and and we can't do that if Jimmy isn't the best in the league on third downs in the first place you know, so so yeah. When if we're not running the ball that well, that well, trust me, we're going to put it in Jimmy's hands. Uh, but if if we're running the ball the way that we do, then yeah, we're gouging teams with that with that run game. Of course, we're going to do that. Yeah, I think one key that nobody's talked about all week, at least I haven't seen any analysts actually bring it up, and that's that Kansas City. I believe Kansas City is going to have to not run the ball down their throats, but they're going to have to run it adequately enough. Maybe they're going to have to get somewhere between 115 and 120 yards total rushing, even if it means they do that on 28 carries. This week, Damian Williams seemed to have a glow. I was just this week, Damian Williams seemed to have a glow about him. He was happy to be back in Miami, of course, but I mean, he was. Damian Williams is going to probably be the lead back in that in that charge, trying to run the ball, uh, as you say. And I think you're 100% right. and he just, I don't know, he seemed locked in and just, you know, it's this perfect combination of like locked in and ready and also at peace with things and very comfortable. And he knows that field. He's talking about how he knew, he knows every, every bump and, you know, crevice of that field. And, and he's been talking to the coaches about it and stuff like that. And, um, and I think that they're going to lean on him. What's, yeah. the, um, what's the quickest way to slow down a pass rush? is the screen game. And it's something Damian yeah. Williams does really, really well. I would yes. expect to see Andy Reid screening the hell out of that pass rush just to keep them honest uh, and mm. then start hitting, you know, deeper down the field. But t- 
to me, that's an absolutely vital. So that will mean that's a Fred Warner versus, you know, Damien Williams, Mano Mano at that point. But that to me, you slow down that pass rush by screening the shit out of them and seeing where you get to. Can we just give a, a quick big up to the uh, six former Miami Dolphins who are going to play in the Super Bowl at the weekend? Yeah. <laughs> Raheem yes. Mostert, Earl Mitchell, Chad Henney, Matt Moore, Jordan Lucas, and the aforementioned Damien Williams. I mean, yes. Uh, and you know, Jared Jones Smith is uh, is on the practice squad of the yeah. 49ers. Yeah. Although Matt Moore might be inactive, by the way. So uh, yeah. amazing to think that Matt Moore, Chad yep. Henney, and Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> I mean, the last three Dolphins quarterbacks essentially are all were all either in the Super Bowl or one game away from it. It's insane. Exactly. It's insane. I talk, I I spoke with Chad Henney and Matt Moore actually. Um, um but yeah they uh they were they were very uh good and we were talking a lot about their their time in miami and the differences between miami and kansas city and stuff and um very gracious and you know i wish them the best i'm actually i'm rooting for the chiefs in this one i i like i do like both teams but um but i i got a little bit more for the chiefs all right it's prediction time i guess simon can go first i'm gonna go kansas city 38 San Francisco 35. Both two great kicking games as well, by the way. Robbie Gould and Harrison Button are great kickers. And who's but, um, the 38 35. I'm going to say Mahomes. I think if KC win, it's got to be Mahomes. All right, Chris. Um, I'm going to go with a little bit lower score, and I'm going to say uh, 28 with San Francisco coming back or this is going to be uh Kansas City 28 with San Francisco coming back and making a game of it uh with 25 at the end and the MVP um it's got to be Mahomes okay and I'm gonna go Kansas City 27 San Francisco 24 they win it on the late field goal and the MVP although I will be betting Tyreek Hill it's gonna be Patrick Mahomes all Hmm. right that's it. I feel like I just got prices right, like one dollar, yeah. because yes. I went just... twenty-eight, twenty-five, and you went twenty-seven, twenty-four. You son of a bitch! <laughs> Can I just say two things before we get out of here? One, Courtney Fallon, the very well-respected uh, presenter who was on NFL Network for a long time, and now I think presents WEEI in Boston, has just subtweeted the Tom Brady picture tweet, saying it's over, folks. Cry your tears, uh, and she's very well connected down in New England, so. It kind of feels like maybe Brady is done. Uh, and the other, which is the best story of the day by Miles, was um, Morris Berger, the newly hired offensive coordinator at Grand Valley State University, has been suspended for saying that Adolf Hitler's leadership was second to none. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was, a, there was a, an update tweet from Yahoo Sports College Football account that said, update. Grand Valley State Offensive Coordinator Morris Berger has been fired after his controversial <laughs> comments about Hitler. <laughs> Like, could you imagine going through that interview and being like, don't talk good about Hitler. Don't talk good about Hitler. Don't talk good about Hitler. No, Hitler was a great leader. (laughs) There's a response. There's a response from somebody called Zaddy underneath this that says, I mean, for fuck's sake, all he did was answer some questions. Laugh my ass off. Give the man a break. (laughs) What what question would elicit that utterly moronic response? Uh, God. Yeah, all right, people. That's it. There is no more. Next week, you will get the last show of season two of Three Yards Per Carry, and then we're on to season three. And we know what season three will entail. New quarterback. 
we kind of talked him about talked about him in this episode. What numbers he gonna wear? That's the key thing. Yes, there is no more. Talk to you guys next week. Bye, T-shirt. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.